0: See, because remember, it's not about you. It's about the kingdom. If the enemy's trying to take you out, he sees potential in you being a kingdom builder. If he's not messing with you, then you're no threat to him. When, and now... You may be just everyday average Joe or Mary Jane or whatever you think you are or whatever label you've given yourself, but when you start praying and you start believing, all of a sudden you become significant in the spiritual war and the spiritual battle that's taking place all over the globe right now. You start praying, you're a target. You start believing, you're a target. You got a sickness and you believe in God to heal it, you're a target. You need to keep standing strong, be courageous, trust in the Lord, and don't give up. Because the waiting is the hardest part. Come on, give him praise. Don't let that enemy distract you. Don't let that enemy talk you out of your miracle. Don't let that enemy send friends around you to talk you out of your miracle. If you're believing for a miracle and you're believing on the word of God and anybody comes around and they're speaking against the word of God, say, get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him praise. You know, and I think a lot of times we may pray for something or believe for something and we don't see it happen right away, we can get frustrated. Does anybody ever get frustrated when you don't see something happening? And let's just say even something that, and, and, and it's because of the natural fleshly side of us. Let's take something that has nothing to do with a prayer or nothing to do with church or God or anything and just say something that you want. And you you have to wait to get it. Sometimes doesn't that just frustrate you? You just want to go out and do this, or you want to go out and get this, but you can't. It can be frustrating. So how much more would it be frustrating when you're asking or believing for something from a God who you think has control over everything, and we think that, well, he's supposed to do what I ask him when I ask him. But what a lot of times we forget is that he's still God. And for whatever reason, sometimes he tarries. Sometimes sometimes he instantly answers, and other times he doesn't. See, sometimes for whatever reason, See, I'm not God. I just know what His word says. So when we pray, we pray His word, and then we stand and we believe on His word and expect it to come to pass, when is not up to us? And that's where we get it twisted and get it all messed up, because we think it's supposed to happen when we ask for it. Now a lot of times it will, especially when you're following the anointing, and you know the anointing's there for that miracle at that time, and you call on it right then and there, Bam, there it goes. But then also a lot of times it's on the other end of the individual believers. Sometimes you're not there yet. Your faith can't believe for it. That's why I really, when people get cancer and they go to hospice, just that environment says you're dying. You're dying and we're just going to make you comfortable Till you go. Not me. I'll tell you what, and I, I'm, i see, I don't want to speak nothing over my life, but if anything would like that to happen to me, just keep me going where I'm going and let me drop when I drop, praise God. Amen? I don't want to be sitting around in some bed with people feeding me stuff and telling me, oh, hey. go." No. Let me just drop right here, praise God. Amen? Or just say, God, heal me, praise God. But a lot of times, you know, The waiting is what's tough. Because sometimes you're waiting and the situation hasn't changed. So do you think that at that moment the enemy just sits back? Or do you think at that moment that's when the enemy starts flooding you with stuff? Starts flooding you with more symptoms, more reports, more diagnoses, more problems, more fear, more doubt. That's what he does. That's how he wins. That is just one of the rules of engagement of war. You keep going after your enemy by any means necessary. But a lot of the places he works at, he gets up in here. If he can get you to doubt, you're on your way to not getting that miracle. You have to have faith beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus can do it. And then you got to be willing to let him do it when he wants to do it. Anyway, turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 27. Hallelujah. But the word of the Lord says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Cruelty. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's read verse 14 as a church. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The word of the Lord, you may be seated. You see... First off, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. So, in other words, that path that you're on is going to be trying to be not, you're going to try to knock you off or out of your way by your enemies. And, that, and now your enemies aren't just people. My mind, my, my will, and my emotions can be my enemies. My what I think is right, what I need to do can be my enemies emotions most definitely can be your enemy your emotions is what makes you get offended when someone says or does something that you don't think they should have done and then you get offended and now the emotions and the offense get together and next thing you know you don't want nothing to do with that person or anywhere they're at and just so happens they go to church well i'm gonna find another one because i'm not gonna see them because i'm offended your miracles the things you're believing for a lot of times it's us that stands in the way. What comes out of our mouth? What goes on in our mind? You know, we've got to get into that habit, as the Bible says in Philippians, casting down all imaginations and bringing them into the subjection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's is in Corinthians, sorry, First Corinthians. So you've got to cast them down when an imagination comes in. You get a diagnosis. Don't start imagining how it could end. Keep believing on how it will end. Don't come up with any alternate endings. You ever see sometimes these shows, they have shows, they have an ending, but then they have an alternate ending. It could have went this way too. Listen, it's only going one way and the way God wants it to go. But your path can be clouded with enemies of doubt, unbelief, distractions. It says, deliver me not unto the will of my enemies. You know, your enemy doesn't want you in fellowship with God. Your enemy doesn't want to see you get answered prayer because he knows when you get answered prayer, it's going to strengthen your faith in God. So if he, if he can hinder your prayer time and your prayer re- answer response time, he thinks, that, okay, then maybe I can get them to give up on that. And if they give up on that, then they start to give up on their God. And that is his goal, is to get you to give up on your God. He doesn't really care about you if you're getting healed or getting whatever bill paid or whatever it is you're praying for. His ultimate goal is to stop that so you give up on your God. That's what he is. Why do you think, you know, he, he, he went all in the garden. He came against God by saying, surely you shall not die. In other words, he's saying, you know, your God's a liar. Your God told you you're going to die, but surely you shall not die. Come on, just try this. Look how good it is. He entices us. He tries to get it in our minds. Get it. He wants to get in between your faith and your God. That's why when you start confessing something, don't how many people will say you start confessing something. All of a sudden, it seems to get worse, because the enemy's trying to stop it, and he knows if he can get inside you, that's how he's going to stop it. Because he knows he can't stop your God. He can't stop your God, but the only thing he can stop is you in pursuing and waiting on your God. And waiting's not easy. He says, I I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Then he says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. See, waiting on the the Lord takes strength. Your strength comes from the Lord. You can't wait on the Lord in your natural strength. You won't make it. You got to go after the Lord, seeking after him with your spiritual strength. But if you're not in the Lord's gym, praying, reading, speaking, then you have no spiritual strength. And when enemies rise, you fall. Remember we talked about the different forms of ground. And, the, and there was the kind of ground that was the one that fell on the rocky ground. And that's the kind of ground where it shoots up quick. But then because there's no root, the wind dries it up. I mean the rain the, the sun dries it up. So the enemy's going to come after you with fire. He's going to come after you with wind. He's going to come after you with rain. He's going to come after you with cancer, diabetes, mental depres- mental illnesses. He's going to come after you with bankruptcy and finances and all kinds of problems that he can come up with. And it's not about his attack after you personally. It is, you're, you're just the byproduct on his attack against the kingdom of God and against the God that you serve and the God that kicked him out of heaven. That's what it's all about. That's the big picture. So you have to look at the big picture and be like, well, my God's bigger. My God's angels are surrounding this situation, and I'm just going to keep pressing on, and I'm going to wait upon the Lord. You see, I got scripture to back this up. You'll send up a prayer, and especially if the enemy thinks it's a prayer, this is, now, this part's my belief. I believe that especially if it's a prayer that the enemy thinks is going to strengthen you and have an advancement in the kingdom, he's going to come up with resistance. Turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 10. And, you know, medical science is great. But when it comes to a lot of sickness and diseases, I use the enemy. The enemy uses mental, I mean, physical sciences and medical sciences to get into the minds of the believers so that they believe what they say and not what God says. And then once you start believing what they say and not what God says, you're on your way down that slippery slope. 10. Daniel chapter 10, verse 10. And we're going up until 14. And he says, and behold, a hand touched me, which set, upon, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. Hmm. Sounds like a position of prayer. And he said unto me, O Daniel, O man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. I think you'd be trembling too if an angel was actually sitting there talking to you. Can you imagine, Jared, you laying in bed, minding your own business, and you feel a touch on you, and you turn, and it's an angel. You're like, ooh, you be trembling too. And if you don't think you be trembling, let me know when it happens and tell me how you turned out. He says, then he said unto me, fear not, Daniel, For from the first day that thou didst send thine heart to understand. See, this is in response that Daniel had sent up a prayer. And to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. See, Daniel set up a prayer 21 days prior to this engagement with this angel. Now, if you know, notice that Michael was quoted. So if you know, and Michael is the warrior angel and Gabriel is the messenger angel. Gabriel is the same messenger angel that came and told Mary she was going to be pregnant by the Holy Ghost and she was going to give birth to the Son of God and his name was to be called Emmanuel. It's the same Gabriel that gives proclamation messages to the church today. It's the same Gabriel that will speak to your heart and speak to your mind and come as an angel with a message but there's a king of persia and that king of persia is a type of your enemy now a type let me explain what a type is a type is it is one thing but it represents something else like a lot like elijah i mean this persia king of persia is a type of satan your enemy who's come to seek, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the king of Persia is in the Bible. And right here, that same king of Persia has come to stop Gabriel from bringing the message to Daniel. 21 days, Daniel, Gabriel is fighting with the enemy to bring Daniel the message. And then here comes Michael, the warrior angel, stronger than that devil, And now Gabriel is able to come bring the message. See, sometimes it's going to be a waiting period. Sometimes it's not going to be an instant response. Sometimes you won't be able to go make instant prayer like we do with instant coffee. And if you know the difference, brewed coffee tastes a lot better than instant coffee. I don't care who makes it. Starbucks and Cafe Bustelo. I don't care. It's better when you brew it. Waiting for your miracles hard. Sometimes it almost seems impossible but you have to look at it at the realm. There's probably some spiritual battle going on for the answer to that prayer because the enemy knows that the weight of the kingdom of the balance of the kingdom between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God is in the balance of that miracle because he knows that if you get that miracle, you're going to turn around and shout from the rooftops about what your God did and he doesn't want that to happen. So it's not about you. It's about the kingdom. And then we also have to get to the place where, you know, like, hey, okay. If you don't heal me, praise God. I'm going to be with you. Because, you know, the ultimate healing is to be with the Lord. Because, you know, I've prayed for people and they've got healed. Cancer free. I've prayed for people and they're dead so is there something wrong with me is there something wrong with my god i don't know why and i'm not going to sit here and try to figure it out i left it in his hands we did what we did we did what we know how to do and one time it went this way another time it went that way but i also do in situations believe like that that it does rest on the believers part too because sometimes i believe you go pray for somebody and they're dying because the relatives called you and said, Hey, Pastor, someone's dying. Please go pray for them. And you go pray for them. And everybody's agreeing. But for all you know, that, that person is laying there in bed saying, You know what? I'm just so, so tired. I just want to go be with Jesus. So y'all, in their mind, they're saying, Y'all pray all you want, but I'm going home. And, and, and when it gets like that, you can pray all you want. If, if they want to go home and the Lord's calling them, they're going to go. Because their will is what they, they, they want to go and be with the Lord. I mean, one time, I know, you know, if you, heard, if you heard me talk about Smith Wigglesworth. And there was one time where his wife died. He prayed the prayer of faith. She rose from the dead. It's one of the 27 times he's rose people from the dead in the name of Jesus. And he was, hold, he was talking to her. I think he was holding her arms. She came back to life. And she called him Smitty. She like, oh, Smitty, what did you do? He said, I prayed the prayer of faith that you come back to life. And she said, Smitty, I was with Jesus, man. Let me go. And he let her, and he, and he, and he let her go. You see, if Jesus is calling you, No man can pray it out of there. there. If Jesus, if it's your moment and your time, it's it's, it's how it is. But does that, should that affect our faith? Because we don't know. See, you prayed a prayer of faith over somebody, you prayed that same prayer of faith over that person as you prayed over this person. If anything, if you prayed a prayer over faith to someone who's dying for cancer, this is like, when I called my pastor and, and Brian died, it really shook me up because I really just, like, believed that Brian was going to live and Brian was going to live. And then my pastor was like, Listen, remember, because we've talked before, he's like, Sometimes it's not, it, it, it's their time and they're going to go. He said, But what, all you can do out of this is you get even more mad at cancer. So the next time you pray even harder, Harder and more stronger, get that cancer. But there's a delay sometimes. Has anybody in here prayed one day? And then even years later, now remember this is 21 days, but remember a day is that's a thousand. We're not gonna be here for a thousand years. If you if you're here for a thousand years, I wanna know what you're eating. Has anybody ever prayed and didn't get an instant response? And then out of nowhere, bam, God shows up and there's the answer to that prayer. And you're like, wow, this is the prayer I prayed years ago or weeks ago or months ago. And then you sit back. Now, let's get honest. Has anybody ever said, well, now I'm ready for this to be answered? Sometimes we pray prayers that we're not able to handle if it were to come in the moment that we're supposed to receive it. Sometimes, but jobs, we're praying for a promotion. But God sees it as in infinite wisdom that if you get that promotion, you're barely handling the position that you're at right now. Because remember, with more levels, there's more responsibility and more that's expected of you. So God sees that. And God allows you to go through the preparation of being ready for that promotion. Then three years later... He opens the door and you step in. Sometimes it has to do with, he's got to get other things ready. Make some, movies, make some moves to make room for you or make room for your miracle. Sometimes it's the people we're hanging around. That we let speak into our lives. Sometimes, and this, this scripture, I like this scripture in Mark 8, 22. It's a story of a man. And he says, and coming out of Bethsaida, they bring a blind man unto him. And he besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out to the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him what he saw. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Now, didn't it just say that Jesus took him out of the city? So there are no man men as trees walking. Then he says, and Jesus put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. In other words, the people that were there didn't appear as trees. They were, he saw clearly. And he sent him away to his house. Neither go into the town nor tell it to anyone in the town. Sometimes Jesus might have to touch you again in your faith. But if you're giving up, if you give up. If you listen to the voices and you listen to the discouragements and you listen to the unbelief and the doubt, you may not be able to get that touch because you gave up. This is the only time I've seen that Jesus had to touch somebody twice. But he did. So what makes you any different than that blind man? Because you prayed for a miracle and it partially came. Do you give up? Or do you say, Lord, touch me again? with Emma, when we prayed for Emma in the parking lot on that food pantry day and she didn't get her eyesight back. I'm glad it infuriated me on the inside to where I inquired from the Lord, why did she not see? And I'm glad he told me because you dropped a ball. So the next time she came, we prayed and she got touched a second time and her eyes opened up. Could have gave up. Couldn't just be like, oh, well, she didn't get her sight back. Let's move on. But I knew she, I just knew she was supposed to see. See, we got to not give up. We got to keep pressing in. The vision will come to pass. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, 22, it says, And the multitude rose together, talking about Paul, rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer, the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. Sounds like a real rough situation. That's like being right now being put in federal prison. In solitary confinement. And then while you're in solitary confinement, you're shackled and can't move. Chains and stocks. Now, not just chains. You know what stocks are? That's a stock. Head through a hole. Arms through a hole. You ain't going nowhere. So you think Paul and Silas could be quite upset. You think they could be like, Looking at each other, like, hey, hey, Paul, look what your God got us into. Hey, Paul, where's your God now? You see, we're over here talking about you know, preaching the kingdom and preaching about Jesus, and look where it got us. We're in stocks. They're gonna kill us. But that's not what Paul and Silas did. Look at, look at, look at what it says they did. It says, and behold the um. I'm missing some verses here. Paul and Silas praised God. They were singing praises to God in the midnight hour, so much that the shackles and the chains busted off on all the prisoners, not just Paul and Silas. And the gates opened up to where the jailer got. Confused. Oh my God! And Paul, said, I don't worry, we're still here. They didn't even leave. You know, me and you, we'd have been like, I'm out of here, bro. We'd have been like, Ellie, I'm out of this place. Pump. Woo! But no, Paul and Cyrus are hey, like, hey, bro, don't worry. We're still here, man. You're not going to have to die. Because the jailer was ready to fall on his sword. Because the jailer was told, don't let anything happen to these guys. Now, all of a sudden, there's this earthquake. Whatever happened? And Paul and Cyrus are praising. And then here comes the jail cells being opened. So what's that got to do with us? Sometimes you may feel like you're in the stocks that that devil's got around you by your life and your situations and the things that's going on. Don't let that stop you. You keep praising your God. You keep calling on his word. You keep speaking words over that and praise your God and then wait till the midnight hour and the chains will fall off and you'll be free and you'll be even able to say, Hey, I'm still here. Hallelujah. Or you could be like Peter. Same situation. But he is actually chained between two jailers. He could be like, oh. Drumping, complaining, whining. But the angel of the Lord shows up to his cell. And what's he do? He finds Peter sleeping. Peter is so concerned about the outcome He's napping in prison, chained between two guards. So you can't let what is coming against you, you can't let the unanswered prayer disrupt your normal life. You can't let it disrupt your life. You can't let it disrupt, don't let it keep you up at night. Give it to God, trust in God, and let God trust you, put you to sleep. Because the angel of the Lord came and tapped Peter, and sm- his sm- 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 smote him, <laughs> had to wake him up. He said, come on, follow me. Peter thought he was having a vision until he actually walked out the gate. Then he realized, whoa, this is really happening. See, sometimes you'll get so comfortable in trusting your God and waiting on your God, and then he'll show up. And when he shows up, you're like, yeah, this is real. So you gotta remember, you have an enemy chasing you. The Bible says he roars around, like roams around like a roaring lion, looking to see who he can devour. Remember in Job. The very book, beginning of the book of Job. It says that the enemy, your enemy, Satan, was in heaven. Goes up to, his, to God and God says, hey, what are you doing? Ah, I'm just looking for someone that I can devour. Then he says, he says, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Can you imagine that? You're you're minding your own business, doing your own thing, serving your God, worshiping, praising, doing everything you're supposed to do, and you're blessed. And then all of a sudden, that enemy goes up to heaven and says, "Hey, I'm looking for someone to mess with. Hey, uh, have you have you have you chosen? Have you thought about my, uh, my my Elia Lopez? Have you thought of her? Have you thought about Mario? You want have you, go go test Mario?" Enemy goes, yeah, but you, you know, you, you got your hedge around Job. And He said, "I yeah, just don't hurt his body, don't take his life." Enemy comes after Job's family and kills everybody, servants, everything Job has is taken away. Job gave up, packed up, and quit on God. Right? Isn't that how it goes? Oh, that's not how that's, that's not what happened. Oh, that's the enemy's version. The version is that Job kept trusting in his God. What did he say? Naked I came into this world, naked I leave. Never gave up on his God. And then you got to watch in situations, when you're in situations like that, you got to watch who you allow in your life. Because then here comes Job's three friends. Supposed to be friends. It must be something you did, brother Job. What did you do to get this wrath of God all over you? And things keep getting worse. He gets boils, and they're still trying to point the finger at Job. But then when Job started to pray for his friends and pray for the people around him, that's when God showed up. In other words, when Job finally got to the place, I'm not worried about my problems. I'm worried about the kingdom. And, oh, come on, I'm worried about what's going on in the kingdom of God. Bam! Job got Restored he got blessed and then bl- more blessed too much more than enough and overflow see cuz remember it's not about you it's about the kingdom if the enemy's trying to take you out he sees potential in you being a kingdom builder if he's not messing with you then you're no threat to him when and now You may be just everyday average Joe or Mary Jane or whatever you think you are or whatever label you've given yourself, but when you start praying and you start believing, all of a sudden you become significant in the spiritual war and the spiritual battle that's taking place all over the globe right now. You start praying, you're a target. You start believing, you're a target. You got a sickness and you believe in God to heal it, you're a target. You need to keep standing strong, be courageous, trust in the Lord, and don't give up. Because the waiting is the hardest part. Come on, give him praise. Don't let that enemy distract you. Don't let that enemy talk you out of your miracle. Don't let that enemy send friends around you to talk you out of your miracle. If you're believing for a miracle and you're believing on the word of God and anybody comes around and they're speaking against the word of God, say, get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him praise. (laughs) But trust in the Holy Spirit. When you don't have, like that song we sang, you know, you are my strength when I am weak. We sing so many songs that talk about our source coming from God. But do we really walk it out and do we really believe it? Sometimes singing a song will change your spirit. Depending on what song you're singing. You know, don't get married to somebody because you heard Beyonce say you better put a ring on it. Amen. Amen. Get married because you believe they're the one. Shouldn't be listening to her anyway if you're coming to church. Praise God. But you can have a song in your spirit that could change your attitude. That song, Surrounded. This is how I fight my battles. It's talking about we don't give up, we pray, even though we, it may appear as though I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Know that you're surrounded by God. Amen. And that the waiting is the hardest part.